So, <clears throat> in order to understand what's going on here, the basis of these two, and you will see other cases that I'm going to share later on, we are going to introduce now a fundamental hakira, a Talmudic analysis, into the definition of shlichut according to Jewish law. Many of the great scholars of the Talmud, the Acharonim, are discussing it. Among them, Rabbi Yosef Engel, who the Rebbe quotes and brings often, especially when speaking about Shlichut and this Talmudic analysis, the Rebbe quotes him, which presents different ways to define the concept of Shlichut. And I'm going to present to you now two ways to understand it. And what we're going to do is a little bit of fun, right? A little bit of uh, a little bit of action. So after I present the two ways, I'm going to ask you four questions. And each of the four questions, each of the four cases, I'm going to ask you what do you think? And if you can answer the questions based on the two definitions on the two ways to understand shlichut, the definition of ashaliach in Jewish law, the mechanism of shlichut, the process of shlichut, the chidush of shlichut. Let's begin. The first way sounds like this. The Shaliach, Shimon, is a separate person. He is not Reuven, the Meshaliach. And, and even after he's been appointed a Shaliach, even while receiving the status of a Shaliach, he remains a separate person, a separate entity. The Kemoto, the area in which the Torah tells us that he is considered like the Meshaleach, that it's not Shimon, it's Reuven, it's only with regards to A, the action itself, which is attributed to Reuven, B, more than that, the power of the action. The power that led to this action, that acted, that did what it did. In other words, the hands of Shimon of the Shaliach remains the hand of Shimon. 
except that through Shlichut, the Meshaleach, he is acting through via the body of Shimon. Via the body of the Shabiyah. The power of Shlichut is such that Shimon is able to submit himself, submit his power of action that runs through his hands to Reuven. To allow Reuven to basically travel all the way and the energy that is going through the arms, the hands of Shimon, they remain the hand of Shimon. But the energy that goes through, it is on that that you say Kemoto. That energy is not anymore Shimon's energy, it is Reuven's energy. So who is acting? Who is doing the action? Reuven. Through using the hands of Shimon. But the body of Shimon remains Shimon's. It is only the power that goes through, the energy of acting that goes through those hands are basically traveling all the way from Reuven, entering the body of Shimon and are acting through the body of Shimon. That's a superpower. And that's a Torah power. Indeed. I told you it doesn't exist that in secular law. There's no such a thing. You need to involve the Torah, you need to involve God, and God can do wonders. So by innovating, by introducing the concept of Shlichut, the Torah tells us, Reuven, you, Mr. Meshaleach, by appointing a Shaliach, you can now enter his body wherever he is. He could be in Australia. Your energy will reach all the way there and act through the hands of Shimon. And when Shimon is doing, it's actually not Shimon, it's Shimon's hand, but you are moving it. You are acting through the hand of Shimon. To illustrate that, it is as if, imagine, you're holding the hand of somebody, and you take the hand of that somebody, and you go and do something with it. So it's not your hand. It's the hand of your friend. But you are the one moving the hand. And with the hand doing the action that needs to be done. That's exactly what Shlichut is. Except that this is just an illustration because obviously we're not speaking here that Reuven is actually physically holding the hand of Shimon. But that's the idea. Shimon, <coughs> Shimon is canceling his own power of action, the, 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 the energy that runs through his hand, and he's allowing 
the energy of Reuven to go through his hand and act through him. Because otherwise, if Shimon is the one putting Kiddushin, how is she married to Reuven? Reuven is the one, he's the one to be Mekadesh the Isha. Yes, that's exactly what Shlichut is. Shlichut is that Reuven is actually Mekadesh. How so? I see Shimon. You see Shimon. But the Torah tells you, within Shimon, there is the energy of Reuven that is running through and acting. Now, you, you mentioned that this is a little bit hard to relate to it because I, I illustrated this way for a reason. But I may also illustrate this a little bit differently, which will be maybe easier to, to relate to it. And that is, you could say this in different words, which is, Shimon's got physical power, right? The power of energy that's run through his hands. That power, he gives it, he gives it to Shimon. And by giving it, by submitting it, excuse me, to Reuven, to Reuven de Meshaver, and by, the, by submitting it to Reuven, that power and the status, the legal status on it, turned from being considered the identity of Shimon to the identity of Reuven. So here it's easier to relate to it. You could simply say it, that, and it will come down to the same thing, that the power of energy that exists within Shimon, Shimon is cancelling it, he's submitting it to Reuven. He's like saying to Reuven, here is some energy for you. I'm giving it to you. That's yours now. Yours in the sense that it is not mine anymore. It doesn't have my status on it. It's not Shimon's energy now. Now it turned to you. It's almost like you have double energy. You have your own energy in your hands and you have mind. I'm giving you mine. It transformed into yours. It's got now the status of Reuven's energy of power of action. And then while, when that energy is acting, it is the energy of Reuven that is acting. Okay? Now, second way. The second way is even more profound, more innovative than the first. Not only that the action is attributed to Reuven, or as we said, that the power, the energy that runs through the hands of Shimon is Reuven's energy that travels through and that acts through the hands of Shimon. Not only that, but more than that. The body, the physical body of Shimon turned into and became Kemoto of Reuven through Shlichut. It is almost that the Meshaleach, now Reuven, was able to perform a Halachi cloning. If Reuven had two hands before, 
Now Reuven has four hands. If Reuven had two feet, now Reuven has four feet. The body of Shimon, the goof of the Shaliach, turned into the extension of the goof of Reuven. <clears throat> to illustrate that in, in different terms, you probably know the story of Batya, daughter of Paroi, when she wanted to reach Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Extended hand. Here too. It is as if that Shimon's hand is the extended hand, physical hand, extended hand of Reuven. So it's not only that the power within Shimon is the power of Reuven that acts. But actually, Shimon himself turned into Reuven. And so now, it's not that somebody else is, as, is acting through the hands of Shimon. No, Shimon himself is acting. So how does it count for Reuven? Because Shimon became Reuven. In the first way, it wasn't Shimon acting. It was Reuven. It was almost Shimon was, was watching somebody acting through him. He is a separate person. And comes Reuven and acts through him. In the second way, no. Shimon is not on the side. He is actually the one taking control over this action. He is the one acting on his own. Not somebody else acting through him. He is acting fully with his hand, with his mind, with his energy, and so on. So you say, but how does it count for the Meshaleach? Very simple. Because he became a second Reuven. And so therefore, the Chidush in the second way, it's not that the action is attributed to Reuven. No. The Chidush is that the body of Shimon turned into Reuven. After that, there is no more Chidush. Obviously, anything that Shimon is going to do will be attributed to Reuven. Because Shimon, he is Reuven. And before I pause here, I'd like to clarify something. That perhaps will also be an illustration that can help you understand better this second, more profound way. Obviously, Shimon de Shaliach has also a life on his own. Meaning, he turned into Reuven only with regards to what? The specific task that he's been appointed to perform as a Shaliach for Reuven. But for any other things, he remains Shimon. It's not like we say that that's it, he turned into Reuven for everything. No. So how do you understand this? Yes, the Torah has the power to divide and say that an individual with regards to one thing he is considered so and so and with regard to another thing he's considered so and so he's got different identity. And let me illustrate that with an example. You know the 3D glasses? So when... When you wear the 3D glasses, you see something. 
You remove them, you see something else. What's going on? That's how 3D works. Same thing here, you could say, if you put the glasses of Torah, we don't see that because we are human beings. But the glasses of Torah, the glasses of Shlichut, when you put them and you look at Shimon, you don't see Shimon, you see Reuven. You remove the glasses of Shlichut, who do you see? You see Shimon. The Torah has the power to be able to do this. And that's the Koach of Shlichut. That Shimon, with regards, only with regards to the task that is being appointed to be a Shaliyah, he turned into a second Reuven. Yes, this is Reuven. This is not Shimon anymore. So you see the Chatan there? Excuse me, you see the Shaliyah under the Chupa placing the ring? Who is placing the ring? Well, it's that individual there, the, 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 the Shaliyah. But who is that? That's a second Reuven. That's a second Reuven. Now with regards to any other things, he remains his own identity because you remove the glasses of Shlichot. Shimon is Shimon. Shimon is not Reuven.